0: Hello, this is Ken, your RV navigator.
1: And Martha, the co-pilot. And I'm talking to you live from our at-home studio where we stupidly are sitting in <laughs> snow and ice when we could be in Florida where
0: it's really nice. Yes, we have six inches of snow. Uh, we talked to you last month and we were so hot and it was it was sunny and warm and we were in our shorts. And now, ladies and gentlemen... We've transitioned.
1: And even in Florida, <laughs> we went from a day of air conditioning to a day where we finally got a chance to test our heater, yes. both in the motorhome and in our recent acquisition on our executive suite. Yes. Uh, we were happy to report that they all worked very well and really were not needed because it was still really beautiful in Florida.
0: Yeah. And all the time we've there, we had been there, it hadn't been below 70. And so when we came back after our travels to Europe and our transatlantic cruise, which ended uh, in early November, we unfortunately had to test the heat. Uh, well, actually, the, the temperature went below 70. At night, at night. <laughs> so we had to test the heat below 70. And now here we are, it's far below 30, and we are definitely testing the heat.
1: Once again, I'm glad that we left the motorhome in Florida because uh, we just drove home in our car and planned to return after still Christmas. still a day-and-a-half,
0: day and a half, day, which, two day trip.
1: Which is a bitch of a drive. But... <laughs> It's only two days, and we can both drive. I can't drive the motorhome, so Ken can get a break every once in a while, and I just do not feel as vulnerable to ice and snow in the car, which is maybe all in my mind, as I do in the motorhome. So I'm glad that we have the motorhome safe and sound. You didn't need to winterize it this year, and we will return after the holidays as soon as we can get So our
0: tradition is to do a little traveling in the fall, and then we head off uh, to the Chicago area for the holiday season, and we do the family Christmas thing here, and Thanksgiving, I might add, which has just concluded, and then we head back to our winter destination. Now, last year, we were in Las Vegas, so we we flew back to Las Vegas. Now, that was much more convenient.
1: We could have flown to Florida, too, but but it's much more expensive. expensive during holiday season, And And
0: Florida is only two days drive, whereas Arizona is three days drive or more. Or more, so you got to pay for. Well, anyway, it was actually much cheaper to fly to Las Vegas than it was to Orlando, which is kind of a surprise. Which is the closest airport, but. Um, No matter, we are here in Chicago, as usual, for the big holiday season. Unfortunately, we're recording kind of with unusual setup here because (laughs) we're in our home studio, but we don't have our home microphone because it's back in in the RV. So I'm using some kind of alternatives, and I've spent two hours working on getting this set up. It would seem like GarageBand should work very seamlessly and easily, but it just doesn't always work the way I understand it. So, anyway. This
1: this all is is extremely disorienting. (laughs) Ken has his microphone problems. I reach reach into my freezer for something that I know that's in there. Put us in my freezer in the motorhome in Florida. We wake up in the morning and we say to ourselves, where on earth are we? For a while I woke up and thought, boy, the boat isn't rocking much at all. And that's because I was in my bed on solid ground. Moving around as much as we have does have its drawbacks, but we feel really blessed that we are able to see and
0: do So much. So, uh, last time we left our listeners who were waiting with bated breath the exciting news about our transatlantic on the big Symphony of the Seas. Loved it. Twelve days on the Symphony of the Seas. Uh, We have been on the three sister ships to the symphony, so the layout was uh, quite familiar to us. And what do you think?
1: We knew what to expect, and it was similar. But for doing a crossing where you don't have much of... Anything else to do, a ship that size that has so many activities and events and venues is definitely the way to go.
0: But 6,500 passengers, doesn't that get to be just too much?
1: Uh, the only time we felt I'm
0: asking good questions huh? <laughs>
1: the only time we felt the crowds was when we first got on the ship yeah. in Barcelona when it was a little bit cold and rainy and most people stayed inside most of the time well but they didn't know
0: what was available
1: but as soon as the weather improved and people could go outside and play golf and zip line and climb the climbing wall and go surfing and it's sit nice. in Central Park yes. we all dispersed to various places and it didn't feel crowded at all we also were very impressed by the boarding procedure in Barcelona where we didn't have to stand in line at all rcl had it so well set up ahead of time that we had apps where we could display our boarding ticket we had uploaded our security photos that they usually take when you are getting on board and we literally just walked in the didn't terminal
0: have to, go to a desk or and your keys were in the room and walked on board and walked on board that, that was it. very nice Was that true in Miami, too?
1: No. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, Our ship was so worried about the um, passport immigration people that we actually – came to the United States the day before we should have, I guess, and went through the immigration stuff in Port Canaveral before we sailed on to Miami. And we literally stood in line for an hour and a half. And as U.S. citizens, we were in the fast line.
0: (laughs) Which was only an hour and a half. 90 minutes in line. Just to get off the ship. I mean, this was outrageous. I don't know what was going on.
1: So they obviously knew we were coming. They just didn't staff
0: This was in Port Canaveral, only 40 miles from, not 40, but 30 miles from our Titusville base. We but see. we just uh, had lunch with a friend and uh, walked around the port just a little bit and got back on again because we had nothing much to do there because it's our home base.
1: And then once we were in Miami, we were transferred to a medium-sized ship for This was the, the next day. The third... Cruise in the...
0: So this was a back-to-back-to-back. We did a small 100-passenger ship, and then we did the 6,500-passenger ship, and then we did the 3,100-passenger ship. And they were the first, the second two were both uh, Royal Caribbean, the Mariner of the Seas, and the Symphony of the Seas. So, owned by the same company, but with very different philosophies. Between the two ships, you mean? Yeah, I would say so.
1: I think the clientele was different.
0: Well, the clientele, of course, was different. So they. (laughs) The the transatlantic was all.
1: The median age went down about 30. (laughs) Well, people (laughs) go on a
0: three-day cruise. I mean, they're they're there to party. But the ship was very different. You know, the Symphony of the Seas kind of hides the ocean in many ways. You go down Central Park, you don't see any water. You can have balconies, don't see any water. You walk around the ship and it's really hard to see ocean, don't you think? Yes. Whereas when we get on the Mariner of the Seas, it has a very wide, nice promenade deck, which goes all the way around the ship. We could go out on the helicopter pad and watch the ship sail, not even close to feasible on the Symphony of the Seas. So it has a very different feel to it because it's much more open to the ocean than the Symphony is.
1: It also tickled me that they had so many of the same features as they had had on the big ship. There were times when I thought, oh, I have to go from this venue to this venue, and on the Symphony it would have been a five-minute walk, <laughs> and on the Mariner it was the next place.
0: <laughs> well, the Symphony is three football fields long, so that's that's a long 900-feet Actually, it's twelve hundred feet. Force of Wow, even more. So it's 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 a hike when you and you get your exercise just by walking God around. God forbid you forget something in your <laughs> cabin and have to go back and get it. Ah, uh, yes, I'm sure our listeners are very fond of hearing about our problems with cruising. <laughs> So from there we drove uh, back to Titusville from Miami on a one-way car rental, which was uh, once again our mode of transportation, which I think we spoke about last month, and something that you should consider as uh, the way to get to the airport or to the cruise port or wherever you happen to be leaving from. We then spent a week or so um, in the motorhome and uh, got reacquainted with it, and the weather turned nice after a couple days of hot And so now we left. (laughs) Just as the weather turns really nice, we head off to the cool, cool north.
1: A final word about cruising. You guys often write us and ask us for advice, um, usually about RV things. But I want to say, if you have any questions about should I take a small ship versus a medium-sized ship versus a large ship, I would say Yes. (laughs) They all have their good and bad points. It depends what it is you're trying to accomplish. Certainly um, on the crossing, it was very relaxing and low-key. If you're on a cruise where you need to go off the ship every day to see stuff, yeah. I would have been frustrated on the symphony because I would have never had a chance to enjoy what the ship had to offer because I'd be out touring every day. Yeah. Our little tiny ship was great. I think we said this before, for being right in the middle of town yes. and being able to walk to everything yes. we wanted to do. They. All had their advantages and disadvantages. So if you're going to ask us this question, you have to tell us first what it is you value the most, and then maybe we can answer.
0: Right, and if you do a Mediterranean cruise where they spend all day in port and every day is a new port without uh, maybe one day at sea in a week, which is what the symphony was doing prior to our transatlantic, then boy, I would not travel on the symphony just because you would not, you feel so frustrated because you couldn't get to do the things that are on the ship, and you'd be tired. So you need kind of a relaxing sort of venue to come back to after a full day of touring. Whereas in our case... Because we had 12 days at sea, we really enjoyed the ship. And, boy, this ship is high-tech to the max. Their new theater is really unbelievable. They actually had an ice show, of course, which all the Royal Caribbean ships do. But what did it have? Drones. Forty-eight drones. Drones. Open the show. Indoors. Now, interestingly enough, I have not tried my drone uh, on the ship. Um, actually, I tried it in our cabin and it crashed uh, because the ship is moving. And so one of the biggest problems they have with using drones in the show is, is that the drones don't know how to position themselves because the ship is moving. Obviously, they can't use GPS because it's indoors. They have drone dementia. So they have a... IGS, indoor it positioning system, a G- IPS.
1: A PS field for them to fly. Right, they have to, they have
0: to have an indoor system where they create an electronic box so that all the drones know uh, exactly where to fly based on the dimensions of the box. And 48 drones, they do not talk to each other, they just fly their own route and they do patterns and things. I think drones are going to become a big thing for presentations. And you probably saw
1: them uh, during the Super Bowl if you watched Lady Gaga's halftime show. I think that opened the show. And I also saw a commercial for the Christmas show at Radio City Music Hall this, as well as the Olympics. this December, uh, which is also integrating drones into that performance. So they're the latest thing.
0: The latest thing. And where did we see them first? <laughs> On the Symphony of the Seas. So they have a, a lot of very high-tech things, which of course interested me greatly. And their new lighting system and just they had some they do aerial stunts and uh, they have uh, wired i don't know harnesses that move people around in three dimensions and it's just uh, really impressive
1: we also should mention that we were tracked down by a listener on (laughs) the cruise which always blows our minds when when we have a chance to meet and talk with some of you so that was kind of a special part of the cruise as
0: well Exactly. So we are world famous. (laughs) Can you believe that? Before we transfer
1: to RV issues, we want to remind you that um, Ken is still putting up a beautiful photograph every month for Uh, the monthly wallpaper.
0: And I was looking for a winter one.
1: And Alaska came to and my mind.
0: Alaska comes to our mind, and I went through all of our Alaska pictures again. And, wow, we have some really nice ones. Very tough to choose which picture to use uh, for the the 2019 calendar photo. Uh, no, it'll, calendar. Yeah, okay. Not calendar, it's... The wallpaper. Wallpaper. The 2019 wallpaper picture. So uh, take a look at that and download it and put it as your background on all of your devices. I make copies uh, versions for all of the the devices that you might have so that you could have a nice calendar with the new year on it, 2019. And where will we be in the new year? In Florida. In In Florida. Being warm. Being warm.
1: Or at least warmer than we are now. So after coming... We also want to remind you that um, every month we put links on the RV Navigator website for all the things that we talk about and the things that we wanted to talk about and didn't have time to talk about. So make sure you take a gander at that every so often So you're
0: listening to the RV Navigator, Episode 165 for December 2018 as we close out the year. And you're going to want to stay tuned here because we are going to have... The Christmas gift list for your favorite RVers. Not us, because we have most of these things. But if you're looking for some cool things to buy, uh, this will be the place to tune in, because we will have our list. Uh, How many things do we have? Oh, quite a few, really. Some some pretty cool stuff. Um, But before that, we want to talk about uh, something. Well, actually, this could be a Christmas gift, too. It is kind of a Christmas gift from Verizon, because... About a week after we got back uh, in early November, they introduced what is everybody's gold standard, and that is a Verizon jetpack that is unlimited data. <laughs> Now, you know what they do when they have unlimited data. They say unlimited until 25 gigabytes, and then it goes back to 3G speeds, which is unstreamable. Um, but this. Apparently, one, this is unlimited, unlimited. This is unlimited high speed data. And that's a major step and a transition. You've been able to get things like this from Sprint and T-Mobile, but their coverage is so limited that we haven't been able to take advantage of them. We have Verizon phones, but uh, we have not had uh, unlimited data on them because we just plain couldn't afford it. So now we have a new hotspot and you can use this on the latest of the hotspots, but the hotspot that we have now is $65 a month, unlimited data. Now, you know, we've been using the Mobly from AT&T for quite a while, and it has worked out quite well. But it's old technology, and we're using it in a way that which is not exactly according to the rules and regulations that AT&T have set up, although they haven't really made any noise about it, but this is available to anybody. $65 a month, unlimited, no data cap, so you can use hundreds of gigabytes of data on a monthly basis. I suggest you get it as soon as you can, because who knows when they will cancel this thing, and you might want to uh, to take a look at this. Now, I'm putting onto the webpage a chart, which shows you huh, something I found quite interesting. There are a number of models of the... <coughs> Hotspots that you can buy, the MiFis, and which one you buy is up to you. But if you take a look at this chart, it shows you the differences between them. Now, we're going to spend $199 and get the latest one, the 8100L, and or maybe it's the 8200L. And anyway, the, it uh, has the latest of the LTE frequencies, and so it will get the highest speeds and uh, have the best connectivity because it will pick up all of the channels. As you go down the road, uh, you can see that some of them are less expensive. You can buy them on eBay and uh, hook them up with just by dropping the SIM in, and it will work fine. But uh, it's interesting to see the differences between the different models. Uh, they're all Verizon compatible. You need to make sure that you get a Verizon compatible. So, along with that, uh, now this is a prepaid plan, which means you pay upfront $65 a month for the data. Whereas our phones have been <laughs> postpaid, <laughs> which means you pay afterwards. And we've been paying about $110, $112 a month for two phones. And our my uh, iPad and four gigabytes of data, which is not really very much, so we went into the store, and the lady says, "Well, you're old <laughs> have I got a deal for you It's nice to be old, right? Kind of uh, anyway, uh, she says, "Yeah, have I got a deal for you for forty dollars a month, you can have a plan which gives you unlimited data on your phone." So for 55 and over, if you're not on the Verizon unlimited plan, then you're crazy. So now we're spending $80 a month on our phones, disconnected the iPad because it can connect up to the hotspot, and we're now with unlimited data. I don't know how much we use the hotspot if we have the unlimited data.
1: Well, one thing that always concerns me if we travel around is that in some places Verizon is not so good and AT&T is better and vice versa. So it's nice well, we're keeping to be able to what hedge our bets in that both.
0: Yes, we're keeping the Mobley because it's only 20 bucks a month. And isn't
1: end. our Verizon speed limited by the cell phone tower and how busy it is? too?
0: Well, they it is subject to network management, yeah. which means that... Busy towers, you will be placed in low priority, which means that you will have reduced speeds. Reduced, but not for the month. Just for that moment. Just for that moment, and as soon as you move or as soon as the tower gets uh, more bandwidth, then it will kick you back up to high speed. And so far, it's been very convenient.
1: So when we (laughs) join all of our listeners at the Tampa Super (laughs) Show next month, and we all descend on that tower in Tampa, um, maybe (laughs) it will be a little bit stressed out for a while. It'll be a good test.
0: It'll be an excellent test, but we have multiple options now. cannot tether with your phone, however, under this plan. Otherwise, we could use it as our sole data plan. Right. But I don't like to use the phone as a, as a hotspot anyway. But that's a different issue.
1: But pretty soon we're not going to need any of this stuff because we're going to go to Titusville and watch Elon Musk launch 7,500 <sighs> <way> satellites cool. <laughs> over our heads into space to blanket the Earth with Wi-Fi satellites. Now, Elon
0: Musk has threatened to make Internet ubiquitous throughout the entire Earth, throughout the entire world. And he's been talking about this for quite a while. And he has actually gone so far as to launch two satellites that are part of the program. These are low-Earth satellites, and they will be enough of them so that everybody can connect to the Internet, high-speed Internet uh, from the sky. The thing that's changed is that this week literally he has gotten fcc approval to launch 7500 satellites over the next 5 years in order to bring this plan to fruition meaning that within 5 years if his plans are follow if he follows through on this that we're going to have internet from the sky everywhere unless he smokes too much weed <laughs> It doesn't quite get the job done. Her mouth flies open. She can hardly believe this is actually true. All of the, all of this talk about internet and our satellite dishes. And it'll our, be so simple. It'll be so simple. I but I, I don't know what the devices are going to look like. Yeah. Well, or what the cost is going to be. Yeah, that's another question. This is costing ten billion dollars to launch. <laughs> but right now there are twenty five hundred active satellites in the sky, and he's going to be putting up seven thousand five hundred. So effectively, tripling the number of satellites currently in the sky,
1: and we've already been pretty content with the Wi-Fi that we've gotten on the last few cruises we've taken, even when we're in the middle of the Atlantic and the middle of the Pacific. And I assume this will greatly improve on that as well.
0: I would, well, you, you won't have to get the ships. Yeah, you'll just, just be you, the Wi-Fi you, that everybody. You has. won't have to have Wi-Fi is this anyplace what because, will. well, except indoors. But this is going to change the whole paradigm. Your whole use of, of Wi-Fi or of Internet could change to this new system. Could just plain make Wi-Fi and cellular just obsolete. Wow. I don't know. Yeah, Anyway, change. you want to read this article because it's quite interesting. Uh, not a lot of detail, but, whoa. I hope you took advantage of the Black Friday sales.
1: Did we ever? Oh,
0: not, no, no, no. Did no, I no, ever? No. no, no. Let's say this correctly. What was that again?
1: Did we ever?
0: No, no, that's not true. All the
1: money comes out of the same pot, my dear.
0: But we did not take advantage of the uh, the Black Friday sales.
1: I now have a new phone and a new laptop. And? And an iWatch on order.
0: <laughs> she's, she's gone crazy, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. But boy, did we get a deal. <laughs>
1: I I always resist and ruminate for a while, but eventually the salesman always gets to me too. Who? Oh, oh, oh,
0: oh, not you, me! No, you. no, no, no! I don't care whether you. You have,
1: evangelize, and then I eventually not, not get on me. board. I would
0: Never do such a thing. You bought a new phone,
1: but I didn't buy. You the, bought an old phone. I bought an economical. New no, phone you bought an old. I phone? bought an eight. I didn't like any of the 10s when I tried to put them in my pocket at the store. Uh, They're just too big. And I don't watch TV on my phone or read on my phone as a general rule, which to me is why I would want a bigger one. And so I picked a smaller one, and it was cheaper. And
0: we bought it outright because it was so cheap.
1: Right. And um, And so
0: why would you get a new phone? Because it was the same size as your old phone.
1: My battery was in a very bad way. Ah. And um, I could barely get through the day without having it charged in with the USB in the car or taking an extra battery in my purse. And now that we're
0: using Waze a lot on our right, travels. Right,
1: right. Um, it was just really, it made me feel insecure. And really the, the tears are welling battery up my in my laptop was, was an issue too. Right. Uh, my laptop was a 13, right? Yeah, my 13. Original. And they gave me $175 five for it in trade-in, which wow. was... And we got a
0: $200 gift certificate for buying a new one on Black Black Friday. We went to the Apple Store. So
1: they practically paid me to take
0: them. <laughs> uh-huh. And the watch hasn't come yet because it's on back Backorder, order, I guess. But it's but that's going to come okay. in a couple of weeks, but we're getting money back on that, too. And how was your experience at the Apple Store?
1: Very good. We wa- I don't really like to go to Apple Stores because they're always just swarming with people. Swarming. And I have a hard time concentrating on technology, which is not my forte <laughs> in the first place with all this clamor oh, really? going on around me. But we were... In the store for maybe 20 seconds when somebody walked up to us and said, can I help you? I'm sorry and, that you
0: had to wait so long.
1: And he glued himself to our sides and and helped us and helped us and helped us until everything was done. So uh, they
0: transferred your data off of the phone? Seamlessly.
1: Everything worked very well.
0: Yeah, we talked to two or three people, two or three uh, assistants, and they got the data off your phone. And it works perfectly, and we transfer the data f- onto your new laptop.
1: And they didn't make me feel stupid. I appreciated that too.
0: Only your husband could do
1: that. Yes, and, and so you have.
0: <gasps> and so, why are you buying a watch? You hate watches.
1: No, I like having a watch. I like having watches that are also fashion statements. And, and I accumulated a nice little supply of them over the years. But then what happens is they always crap out on me. And when I'm at home, I have a favorite place to get new batteries. But on the road, that can be a problem. And when I think about all the money that I'm spending on batteries, that starts oh, to add up too. per watch per time. Oh, every two years? No, I have a lot of watches. (laughs) So then the newest one came out with all these health features. And let's face it, um, I'm not getting any younger. I have... um, five doctor's appointments while we're home here these, these next few weeks. And so the idea of being able to have somebody notice if I fall down or monitor my heartbeat seemed like a good idea. So we'll give that a try as well. And
0: as we read, the fall feature on the watch is only turned on by default. <laughs> if, you're <laughs> if you're old. If you're over 65.
1: And I want to know how they know how old I am.
0: They know. I don't Apple know how knows know. how old you are. I try so, very
1: hard not to tell anybody. So if any you of those
0: buy an things. Apple Watch and you a new one and you want fall feature turned on, then you have to be you have to turn it on manually unless you're over sixty five. So when you get your watch, it'll be on.
1: <laughs> Apparently, I'll test it. So you can look forward to some low-tech reports on Apple Watches in the and next few months. And favorite apps
0: that she's going to put on her new watch.
1: And I'm looking for new watch bands, too.
0: Oh, so I can continue Amazon. to make
1: fashion statements.
0: You know, I don't know if I said this last month, but my watch band broke.
1: Oh, it was a tragedy, ladies and gentlemen.
0: A tragedy. My watch band broke, so I couldn't wear my Apple Watch. I and thought I didn't he was really going his... to have
1: to get a plane ticket and go home immediately. Well, it's
0: hard in Europe to find... A, an Apple Store. Well, Unless
1: you're docked two blocks away from one. So we,
0: we were luckily docked, but the Apple Watch bands are very expensive. Cost as much as my Apple Watch. Sixty-five bucks on a stupid oh, band
1: that you didn't even I, want
0: because my ten-dollar one from Amazon broke. So now I've got more Amazon ones. But I'm always, if you have an Apple Watch, carry a spare band with you. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you. And you won't have
1: to do any wrapping because I'm already using everything.
0: Well, I have to do all of the data transfer and that sort of stuff. That so that's was kind of a a present.
1: lot of work, especially for my laptop.
0: Uh, so there is
1: a price, price that I have to
0: pay. Oh, I Just what am I going to do? I'm just <coughs> so downtrodden here. We're doing all this technology. And, of course, we now have technology ready for, Thanksgiving, or for Christmas, not Thanksgiving. So Christmas gifts that you might consider...
1: In in our notes, Ken has accumulated mo- most of the gifts, which you will be able to tell by their very nature. But I was surprised well, to see a set of nesting bowls on there, which I already own, and apparently I was looking we forgot for something that we re- have.
0: Reasonably cheap. no, these are things that we think people other people would like. They're gifts for us. I like them very us. much.
1: This is a set of nesting bowls. Um, the biggest one is good enough to make like a batch of cookie dough in, and then of course smaller bowls within it, and then there the are four last or five few. Bowls are a k- plastic colander with fairly large holes and a wire colander with small holes and then the very top layer is a set of measuring cups so and it
0: has all this in a very small, a small package space. so that in your RV you don't have to take up lots of space with extra bowls for mixing
1: in my cabinet, this joins other nesting collections of things, um, which is basically a good idea for an RVer. The only time that I don't like my nesting storage dishes is because they nest. I only have one of each size, and sometimes I want more than one of the same uh-huh. size, and nesting doesn't do that. But certainly these bowls—
0: And these are reasonably priced. Yes,
1: and light, and if they fall on the floor, they don't break. They're just very good for—very RV-friendly—
0: So I didn't know we had them, but indeed we do. So it must be a good product. Um, One of the things we're learning by buying all these new Apple products, and you're going to find as you get new products, is that everything is charging with USB-C. And, you know, you have the USB-A, which is the standard USB plug that we've had around for a long time. And then they went to the USB-mini. And then they went to uh, the USB-C. Of course, these are in addition to the Apple ones. But Apple has now transitioned to the USB-C. Martha's laptop, unbelievably, has only one port.
1: We'll see if I like it. And that's the port I use to charge the laptop.
0: So it's one port. There's no extra ports for data or charging because that one port does, does it, all.
1: it all. We've ordered a hub.
0: Right. And it's and that one port is USB-C or sometimes called Thunderbolt 3. We're buying a dock which has multiple ports on it. So from that one port on the computer, you can plug in the dock and it will have usb and hdmi and it will have another charging port so that you can charge while you're using these other devices it'll have uh, all the the standard ports on it but uh, this usb-c is the only way to charge the new computer as well as the ipads are coming this way as well as well many many windows devices
1: I do still have an old iPad. But it's newer than yours, isn't
0: it? So the bottom line is, is is that you need, this is another suggestion for your Christmas present, is that you need a portable battery for keeping your devices charged, which is USB-C, e. which has this new small jack on it. So I'm recommending that you get one of those. So that you, But the cool thing is, is that you can use the same battery charger to charge your laptop. Your phone, your iPad, your camera, your ca- oh, you're right, your camera. All these devices can be charged from one thing. It's never been the, the case before that that you always had to have a separate power supply for your computer. But now the computer charges off the same devices. So you probably should look at a portable battery charger for keeping things charged that has USB C on it rather than the standard USBs that have always been around. And while you're looking at that, we mentioned earlier about the jump starter for your car, these new small batteries that will jumpstart your car unlike the old lead acid ones that were big and giant and heavy the new ones are small and i actually talked to one of our listeners keith who said he's used it several times and one charge will will get him going three or four times probably will not jumpstart your motorhome but still why not uh, get one of these little devices and keep it in your car so that in case you need a jump and plus many of them have a usb connector on it so that you can charge your devices too we switched as you know to induction cooktop we replaced our stove with a induction cooktop. Our electric cooktop. But if you are thinking about uh, testing out the induction, you might want to buy yourself a single burner induction one.
1: And they have portable ones that portable. you can use outside on a picnic table right. if you well, have you know, an if it's outlet portable. somewhere. Um, so you can give it a try and see if you like it.
0: We found the induction. So that's all we can use now is induction. Cool, and it saves electricity, and it requires special pans
1: and as i'm here at home cooking on gas again i do have to say that when i'm making let's say a pasta and a cream sauce on the induction cooktop i cannot leave it for a second I have to stir it or else it starts glomming onto the bottom of the pan. Now, I don't know if that's because I didn't buy pricey pans and I have better Mm. pans at home Mm. than I do in the motorhome, but that to me is still an issue. When I'm cooking three things at once, I like to be able to wander away and tend to the other things, and I cannot do that with my current setup. That's interesting. So we might buy an expensive pan. Is it user winter. error
0: or is it no, hardware not. error, or yeah. is it?
1: Is it the cooktop or is it the pan?
0: I don't know yet. Have to work on that. So
1: I will do some more experimentation and get back to you on that.
0: Okay. So I would also suggest that you take a look at a tire inflator. One of the things that I bought uh, recently was the Cobalt tire inflator, which, of course, you find a link to it on our on our website. But I really like this thing. It's, I, it doesn't have the capacity to, to fill the tires on our motorhome because I need 110 pounds of pressure. And the tires are big, so it requires a lot of air. But for your car and for your bikes and other things like that, this is a very nice little device. and The, the things I like about it is that it has both 12-volt and 120, so you can either plug it in or use it from your car. And it has a built-in tire pressure, and it's (laughs) something I like, of course, and that's that it's digital. But more importantly is is that you connect it to the tire, and then you set the tire pressure on the pump, and it pumps it up to that pressure. Other times you have to take the the inflator off, check the tire pressure. And if you're like me, while you're
1: checking the tire pressure, you let half the air out and have to start over again. Yeah,
0: that's a problem. So this way you just put the thing on, you set the pressure on the dial, and it says um, you want to set it to 32, and so it's at 26. And so you just turn it on, and it pumps up, and it shuts off. When it gets to 32, you don't have to do anything at all. You can walk away. So how long it takes is not really all that critical. So this is a very nice little device, and I think it was only like $60. So it would be definitely worth a look. How about a dash cam? These days, everybody has dash cams. So if you have somebody who's interested in uh, RVing, they probably will want a dash cam. My wife certainly does. Ours is now connected up to our head and dash unit, the radio, so that it's uh, a Kenwood. So that's kind of a specialized one. So I don't really have a strong recommendation, but take a look around. You'll find lots of dash cams around.
1: As an RVer, you know that keeping your floors clean is an ever-present problem, Um, even When we are parked on concrete pads, the floor seems to get much dirtier, much faster than it does in our house. And when we got our pad in Florida, we got um, the executive suite, which needed (laughs) to be vacuumed as well. And so we went to Walmart and bought kind of a cheap stick vacuum. Fifty
0: bucks.
1: It was less than that. Forty-nine dollars. And I have enjoyed using it in the motorhome. Now, in our motorhome, we brought over from our old motorhome what I would call a wall unit, where it's permanently affixed with a long hose. It would be a lot like
0: the ones that are built in.
1: And um, we can can reach the whole motorhome with that one hose, but that makes it kind of heavy and unwieldy, and every so often I pull... Pulled the entire vacuum cleaner out of the wall, trying to reach all the nooks and crannies. And I've been really satisfied with this stick vacuum. Surprisingly. Um, it's light. Inexpensive. It's strong enough to take care of twigs and that and sort of stuff. And it doesn't require any bags. And, and, yeah, and then just every so often you open it up and give it a rinse and dump the, the lint into a garbage bag. So I've liked it so much I'm mulling over whether it's Ooh. worth the storage space to buy one for the motorhome as well.
0: So um, this is the bottom line we didn't do any research. We just we just, just, did we just it. went to, we just went to Walmart and picked up the cheapest stick vacuum we we could. And we like it. And we like it. And it's well worth looking into if you're looking for. And it does it has a a, a brush a, a rotating brush on it so it does a decent job on um, on carpeting, carpeting
1: and which the, our other
0: one doesn't have. And
1: the little detachment thingies, so if you want to dust with it you can do that too. Uh-huh. So, it really, so it has
0: a a, a brush too? Uh-huh. Yes. Yes.
1: And, and that piece that's in little it. nooks and crannies, so it's it does a good job with practically no weight, and is very flexible.
0: Because it only weighs like five pounds yeah, or something ridiculously small. And as I said, it's inexpensive. Yeah. But we don't know the brand name because it's down I in Florida. I don't know that it matters. Uh, cheap at, at Walmart, it's right? Cheap at Walmart, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, whatever. Now, I heard an interesting interview about this next product, and I have not had a chance to, to try it. I've emailed them for some uh, answers to questions, but this is something we're going to kind of watch and will solve many problems that RVers have. It's called the Blue Stream RV Monitor. And that's spelled B L U S T R E A M. And this company sells a little hockey puck device. Which connects up to the internet and measures temperature and humidity. <laughs> the guy originally uh, made it for his guitar. He had had a guitar that was ruined because it was too humid, too humid, and it had the wood had cracked and that sort of stuff. And just because he hadn't was not able to monitor it, so he built this device that uh, monitors temperature and humidity. But the cool thing is, is that you put one of these in your RV, and it will tell you when the heat and or air conditioning is not working now if you have pets this is especially valuable because you're always interested in keeping the climate control situation but I'm thinking about putting one in our executive suite so that we know if the air conditioning is working because a lot of places um, you know a window breaks or something and all of a sudden the temperature changes even though the uh, the air conditioning and/ or heating is working uh, it just can't keep up with a broken window so there are all sorts of situations uh, you know rain comes in the window and it could ruin a lot of stuff and by by the time you get back to it it could be da- damaged beyond repair so this device costs about fifty bucks, and it, as I say, it connects to your internet. But you do have to have some sort of internet connection, and that's kind of what I was talking to them about. But on a short-term basis, you know, for if you're going away for the day, it would definitely keep track of uh, the temperatures for your animals, and give you peace of mind that the air conditioning or heat was doing what it should be doing, and you don't want obviously your, your motorhome to get below freezing
1: or moldy. Yeah, There's and a lot of people
0: other devices about like that do this are expensive. I, I was going to be using our Nest thermostat, but uh, the Nest thermostat doesn't work in Florida. The Nest thermostat works in Florida, doesn't work on our air conditioning system in Florida. So uh, that was kind of a disappointment to me, but this might be a a definite alternative. So other things. How about some silicon cups? Very cool, because these are unbreakable, and they don't scratch, which is the problem with the plastic ones we have now. And these are... You ready for this? Glow in the dark. Because mm. I think I used to
1: have a silicone cup in my bathroom, like to take pills with. Yeah, but it—it's kind of a sticky, yeah. rubbery feeling, and it always felt dirty to me. But that's because I leave it out too. So if you bought these cups and put them in a cabinet,
0: and yours was not. No, mine did not glow in the dark. So these are going to glow in the dark. These are on their way from Amazon at this moment.
1: Oh, <laughs> are you going to wrap those?
0: Am I going to? Well, you've had enough presents. You should wrap them for me, for okay, God's sakes. I'll do it. Um, I'm also looking at the Sand Free Mat which I think is cool too because whenever you go to the beach and whenever you or if you have a mat that you want to put out in front of your RV it always gets full of junk and crud and corruption and this one uh, the sand just goes right through it and so this is another solution for an RV problem of course your LED headlamp I always put this on the on the Christmas list how could you live without one have you ever used one
1: uh, I use one every so often In fact, when you put it on here, I was thinking I might use it to put on my makeup because our bathroom is too dark.
0: But it goes on your head.
1: Yes. It would shine into the mirror and shine back at my face.
0: But then you couldn't see your head.
1: I don't put makeup on my forehead.
0: You don't? No. No. Ladies and gentlemen, hear it from an expert. (laughs) Use it to put on your makeup. Okay. Holiday t-shirts. Wouldn't want to miss that, and you can always always get cool RV ones, which we had last month. But these are just holiday ones, which you might want to might want to consider because they're cool and everybody likes to have make a statement. Uh, you wouldn't want to miss uh, the your screwdriver multi- pen
1: pocket multi tool.
0: Yes, your oh there it is your screwdriver pen pocket multi tool. I'm big on multi pocket tools, so you want your RV navigator needs one of these. And last but not least. The trauma sign kit? of our times is a first aid kit, but it's comes a comes with a tourniquet, a, it's a survival trauma kit. This is the reality of our world.
1: We saw some EMTs interviewed who had been dealing with some of the mass shooting incidents that are in our news nearly every day, and they said that they were sending their kids to school with these trauma kits in their knapsacks so that and teaching them how to use it because. Keeping somebody from bleeding out can be a life and death matter.
0: And so they make new... I guess maybe, probably not new, new to me anyway, uh, first aid kits now we carry a standard first aid kit in our RV, but I don't have, and I will have one soon an emergency survival trauma kit which helps you in case you encounter a gunshot wound or some sort of uh, trauma as a result of a bro- bone breaking or something like that. And this course could be just uh, hiking in the woods or it could be some sort of an auto accident or something, but it's an entirely different kit because it has what do they call it? A chest healer or a chest seal up a wound in your chest and then has a tourniquet system. I'm going to have to read how to use this but uh, this is kind of a sign of our times that we need something like this but if you need it you need it.
1: Combat tourniquet. Combat. Tactical pressure dressing for your chest. Compressed gauze. While we're talking about Health, we should also mention that FMCA has come up with a new health plan for RVers. This is something that people who are not as old as we are wrestle with a lot because when you are not yet 65, having good health insurance and being covered wherever you are is an issue. So FMCA has established um, a list of options for people who want to... um, Hit the road and maintain health. We've insurance. talked
0: before about the importance of joining FMCA. They have a lot of uh, benefits for RVers, and this is just another one of them. Uh, their monthly magazine is pretty interesting, and it's uh, worth the month, the yearly fee. And if you take advantage of some of these uh, extra features, then this is especially advantageous.
1: Even though we live in the far edges of metropolitan chicago now that we are in a retirement community that does not allow us to keep our rv in front of our home for more than 24 hours we struggle greatly with what to do with it when it's not in florida and we felt very fortunate to find an outdoor storage lot that's a few miles from our home and costs us what do we pay for that 60? 60 bucks a month 60 a month it seems like a lot of money to us, especially when we have to pay for it when we're not using it, like right now. But the I would idea, like to hear
0: from you, you guys. What you're paying to store your RV? And it would we greatly be very interesting. envy
1: our friends who live in more rural areas yet who have pole barns where they can put their RVs under cover for free. And we also envy our friends at the Great Outdoors who have bought homes with RV garages and ports because
0: TGO. we would like mm. to keep.
1: Our motorhome in good shape too, and there it sits outside in the elements, no matter where we are. So this whole topic has been surveyed by someone who was California-based, I believe, where they talked about buying like garages for your. Well, RV. that was yeah,
0: that was a whole different operation. Yeah, somebody selling condo garages of up to a thousand square feet, and just they were fifty your, and sixty thousand dollars they're talking about the average rental in Southern California is being between one hundred and eighty nine and four hundred dollars a month. If you say two hundred bucks a month twenty four hundred dollars a year, how long does it take you to to get to ninety thousand dollars yeah a long time okay.
1: <laughs> I suspect that this is this is related to the prices of homes um,
0: yeah but uh, spending 200 or to $400 a month on storage for your RV is breathtaking. To, right, to exactly. us. Right, exactly.
1: So we we would like to hear from you how do you store your RV. Yeah. It might be as simple as in the driveway right next to your house, which is something we used to do before we moved where we live now, uh, which is ideal. It makes packing a lot easier when your rig is right there. But...
0: I don't think many people get to do that, um, certainly in this area. That and doesn't happen in, city, in, in cities. Oh, under roof. Um, all, that is, would cost us an outrageous amount. But yeah. 60 bucks a month for us for outdoor storage is pretty reasonable. Well, we do have to pay it year-round, even when our motorhome is not there like now. Having traveled uh, extensively now uh, overseas for several times, uh, we've got some ideas about uh, how to make that travel more User friendly.
1: So, this is talking about airplane travel, not RV travel.
0: Well, right, yes.
1: So, their first tip is to get the right gear to bring your stuff in. This can be as pricey as our carry on bags, which I think cost us about $200 or as cheap as our main suitcases which are duffel bags that we buy at Costco for Well, we bought less duffel bags that
0: they have a hard bottom, soft top and I think you want crushable suitcases overall. That's the best way and these are have wheels on them so that you can drag them around. We've had we've used these for years and uh, the duffel bag well. approach is very nice because it's got compartments.
1: Because they're not very expensive, they're also not terribly durable, but it it doesn't break your heart to have to buy a new one every so often when you didn't pay that much for it in the first place.
0: If you're going on a long flight, you want to make sure that you have the very best seat that you can get. And if you're not using Seat Guru to select your seats, then that's a mistake. One of the things that you're going to find if you're on (laughs) many airplanes is, is that there is this big box under the seat in front of you therefore you can't stick your feet up there so that limits the amount of space that you have and that's that box is for the entertainment system uh, this little things like that that you wouldn't tell from just looking at the seat map uh, or just picking a seat um, is those things can be very critical uh, when you come to to actually living in that seat for eight hours so get the very best seat you can number three Choose your flights carefully.
1: There are times when we were confused between nonstop and And direct. direct. Uh, Those mean two different things. And if you're going through a city like New York, you need to realize that New York has more than one airport. And you (laughs) might be coming into LaGuardia and leaving from Kennedy. Or
0: from Midway and and O'Hare in Chicago. Which are
1: not right next door to each other. So you need to pay attention to those tricky details when you're booking your flight.
0: But I think we also look at the places where the flight lands. Right now we're choosing and we're going to the Galapagos next summer and we're deciding whether we want to go through Miami, Panama City, or Cartagena. Um, in columbia so we get depending on which airline we choose it will depend on uh, where we stop um, we might want to get off and do some sightseeing uh, we might want to just have uh, do that in the united states by going through miami we haven't quite decided yet although they are all one-stop flights there are differences between them and of course time of day is is another one do you want to spend overnight or do you want to spend the day flying um, there are advantages and disadvantages to each.
1: Once you land, how are you going to get from there to your hotel? Are you going to take a cab? I will never forget the time we landed in <laughs> Lima at around midnight and there were no cabs. Uh,
0: we were just, oh, we were not following our rule there, that's for uh, sure.
1: Lessons learned. Certainly, Uber has become more and more of a presence at airports everywhere. We even were surprised to see that yes. you could Uber in Barcelona. Uh, so that could be a practical way to go. And- and there are and, times when we have flown for many, many time zones, where we book um, a limo to pick us up, right. and nothing warms your heart more than to see your staggering name on a out blocker. of the airport and have a man ho- holding your name on a sign. Or these days, when we're, we're on tired, an iPad. We're not,
0: or we're coming in at, a, at an odd hour, either very early or very late at night, we just don't want to deal with uh, the problems that you can have by finding trying to find a cab. Uh, it might not be safe to be out at the middle in the middle of the night, so finding a rideshare or an Uber or getting a limo is the way to go as far as we 're concerned. Number five: allow plenty of time when you
1: travel things happen things you don 't anticipate, things you have no control over, and they all take time so don 't get yourself booked up too tightly. Or you
0: won't make it to the end. If you're taking a cruise, do not plan to be at the airport before noon and the last day. You just cannot plan on that. Uh, Cruise ships are notorious for keeping you. And as we said, it took us an hour and a half to go through customs just this time.
1: And if at all possible, try to fly in the day before (laughs) the cruise leaves. We have met numerous nail-biting people who That's maybe, on the day before. Um, maybe made before you it to leave. the ship, but their luggage didn't. Um, be in the weather this time of year, you can't cut it too close. 300
0: so. flights canceled at O'Hare yesterday. So if, if you're working,
1: you may not have a choice, but if possible, try to get there at least the day before.
0: Take your old currency with you.
1: If nothing else, it'll give <laughs> the locals a good laugh. After the European countries all went to the euro, would you um, like
0: some e- lira?
1: I decoupaged a box with all of that money, but we have some leftover currencies from countries that are theoretically still using those currencies, and more often than not, I dig them out and people laugh and and buy them for me well, to give to their kids because they aren't using that form of that currency anymore.
0: But But. we do bring back euros and pounds pounds and things that we will be using. We always come home with money so that we'll have kind of a cash to start off with when we get there. Because when you arrive in a country... Although more and more cabs and things are taking credit cards, you just can't always depend on that. However, with that said, uh, ATMs are becoming more and more common, and I would never buy country, buy currency in the United States for using overseas. You can always go to the ATM at the airport and get yourself <laughs> a, off. Mi- a minor ripoff, off. but uh, that's always a feasible option, and it'll still be cheaper than getting it from a bank, I would think. Uh, we haven't done that in a long time, so we just have kind of a rotating currency box that we use when we go to various other countries
1: Research your hotel very carefully before you book (laughs) it. Usually cheap hotels are cheap for a reason and you want to find out what that reason is and whether that reason matters to you Recently we stayed in Barcelona for six nights and our hotel was not very cheap but we were so grateful that it was within walking distance of of everything that we wanted to do and we saved time and we saved money on taxi rides or metro tickets and made the most of our time And there. even
0: when we took a couple of bus tours, the bus tours dropped us off literally in front right of our, our hotel, hotel because that was the, the last stop, so that was very convenient also. Yeah. Uh, and knowing your hotel, when you get off the plane, you need to know where you're going in case your ride is unclear. And if you can use your GPS, then use it to make sure your driver knows where he's going. Number eight, eat carefully.
1: Well, try to stay healthy. Yeah. Don't eat anything weird or unusual, especially when you're first arriving in a new place.
0: Number nine, pack essentials in your carry on.
1: I call this defensive packing. I try to pack as if I will never see my big suitcase again, Mm -hmm. which means that my carry on is almost unliftable. But. I try to put this in is your suitcase. another set of clothes, all my technology stuff. Now that I'm old, more and more pills go in there, and glasses and contact lenses. But try to think about what will I need for the first week that I am more. Your bathing suit? Oh, often that's in there.
0: Oh, yeah. sandals. That's essential. So, and you carry-on, always carry a ba- uh, extra set of clothes. Because it has been more than once that we have been stuck someplace, and we could not have access to our big suitcase for one reason or another. And you will want to have something to change into if you are stuck that way. So that's an essential component. And then other stuff that will keep you going for at least 24 hours, including a little snack. Uh, have jet lag recovery plan. I don't. Sometimes have, when you swap day for night, it's hard.
1: I just don't recover.
0: Well, I thought when uh, the, the plan that we had when we were going to Barcelona was a pretty good one. We flew for nine hours, and we had done something we had never done before.
1: Oh, in Lisbon. Yes. We landed at 6 o'clock in the morning. No, 5.30. And it was pretty likely that if we had asked for early check-in, that would not have meant 5.30 in the morning. So we actually paid for a room the day before we used it. Because we wanted to be able to go to bed immediately when we got there and eat breakfast. Yes. (laughs) It was kind of a luxury, I would say, but it was wonderful and helped us get a head start on getting on the new time zone.
0: Because almost never can you get into your hotel room if it's very early in the morning. If it's like 6 or 8 in the morning, you're going to have to sit in the lobby or find something else to do. So what we did as a recovery plan was to take a nap until 1 or 2 in the afternoon and then go out and do tourist things.
1: And because we are paranoid people, we also emailed (laughs) the hotel right before we left home to remind them that we were still coming because we weren't going to be showing up at the usual time. We didn't want them to give our room away.
0: So jet lag recovery depends on how far you go. When we went to Fiji, we just decided to because that's kind of a day for night sort of swap, we just decided to sleep the whole day.
1: And we got into our room for yeah. But but
0: it, but you that wasn't until at 10 or 11 you in can't the point morning. On it. Yeah. Right. Uh, ask for early check-in or late check-out. A lot of times a lot of flights don't leave until quite late in the day. So like 11 p.m. So So it's nice
1: to be able to take another shower and brush your teeth before So you you need a day
0: room or ask about that. Uh, Many times on our tours, for instance, if you're taking a tour and and they're making the arrangements, they will have a day room for you just to do that kind of thing. And getting there early is just, uh, unless you pay for it, it's going to be a crapshoot. Some hotels do have uh, early check-in options. You have to check with your hotel about that. Uh, and last, mark your bags with an easily recognizable item.
1: Especially if your suitcase is black because everybody's suitcase is black.
0: Right. So we put uh, straps around ours that are brightly colored. Some people put pom-poms on them or uh, tape or something, but you need to be able to have a way to identify your bag and if you're with a group that everybody knows that it's your bag so that it has some common
1: And occasionally marking. I'm seeing at airports, it looks like a sl- or a slip cover that goes over the whole suitcase oh. and has some humorous saying on it like, don't you dare touch my bag, it's mine, or something like that, um, it, it catches your eye and it makes it distinguishable from mm-hmm. all the
0: others. Or you could have it saran wrapped. All right. So those are our tips, uh, not for RVing as much as just for general travel when you're not in your car or your RV. And last but not least today, we have one million Americans live in RVs. And the article talks about meeting the modern nomads, and it's uh, an article from the Washington Post. What'd you think?
1: It was a thought-provoking article about people much younger than we are who who choose to live in RVs for a variety of different reasons, not necessarily economical. Mm-hmm. And um, they and their families make it work in very small spaces. It was kind of thought-provoking. Uh, There are many ways to skin the cat these days, and that's another kind of lifestyle that I hadn't thought about when I was a young Yeah, and
0: it's more of a lifestyle rather than a retirement option. Right which is very different than what we're doing so with that we will wish you a very merry christmas and a happy new year and we'll see you in the new year our next podcast of course will be made from
1: the infamous new year's eve podcast
0: the infamous new year's eve podcast where there will be champagne and i don't know which lot we will be on to be making this but it will be
1: hopefully we will be back in florida that's the plan Weather permitting.
0: And it will be warm once again, so we will not be complaining and bitching and moaning about how cold it is, although that may happen too. Until then, we hope that you have a very happy holidays, and we will be talking to you uh, on the other side of 2019.
1: Thanks for listening. Okay. Happy travels.
0: Bye now.